This podcast is sponsored by Frog Eyes Incorporated. Need ingredients for your latest potion, oil, elixir, ointment, filter, tincture, or tonic? Frog Eyes has the region's widest selection of beetle stings, newt's ears, troll blood, crocodile tears, dragon thorns, fairy wings, gnat warts, horse antennae, jabberwocky breath, and cheese. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am, as always, Morris, aka Russ, and with me is my intriguing yet bemused co-host... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Delighted as ever to be here, Russ. So, Peter, yes, what has caught your eye this week? Ooh, what caught my eye was a post on Reddit, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, yes, by a person with the username u slash Callahan7. Catchy. Catchy, super catchy. Uh, maybe even a Dirty Harry style thing, I just don't know. Uh, but what they've done is they have condensed onto uh, two complete sheets of paper, 12 micro RPGs. Wow. That is a lot of RPG for your column inch. What's well. that? Two, yeah. oh, so four sides, you mean? Four, four, four sides of paper, which right. is still technically two sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm allowed, I'm allowed. So there's, there's three per side. Yeah. Uh, two, two uh, I, I, would, I would guess on that, on average, yes. You've got uh, lasers and feelings. Lasers? Lasers and feelings. Lasers and feelings. Lasers and okay. feelings. It's a game which you only need a single D6 to play. And what's it about? It's... About space offerers and lasers and, and feelings. feelings. <laughs> Catch on quickly, okay. my friend. <laughs> okay, what else have we got? You, on you, there? Well, the way you play lasers and feelings is you choose a you choose a stat mm-hmm. like a number between one and six, mm-hmm. and then for I think for your lasers you have to roll equal to or under, and for your feelings you have to roll equal to and over. I see. Okay, uh, and that, that's when you're resolving social or technical things. So right. the better you are at feelings, the, the worse you are at lasers. All right, exactly. Okay. And then they've got various hacks for that. Scrolls and Swords, Blood and Chrome, uh, Senate and Sabres. What? Senate, as in the Roman Senate. Yeah. And Sabres. Uh, as in a Sabres? Sabres. As sabres. In a, oh, right. Sabres. A sword, Russ. Yes. A sword, yes. I thought you said Sabres. Uh, Senate and Sabres, I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's impossible to say. That is something entirely different. Uh, we've got Neon and Chrome, Power and Responsibility, uh, Sanity and Sorcery. So that's one sheet, which is entirely lasers and feelings hacks. Right. I do like the idea of a micro game. So basically, mm. you're talking about an entire role-playing game just contained within a few paragraphs of text, and that's the entire game. Yes, and then they've got the very popular Honey Heist, which is all about the criminal bear enterprises. Mm-hmm. The Witch is Dead, which is uh, about a witch, and they're trying to... There's a There was a witch that was uh, minding their own business until a witch hunter came and murdered them. Um, and then you're, like, dealing with your aftermath. Uh, you've got Solem and World of Dungeons, which is, uh, again, all micro RPGs. Generally, they're all meant to be playable in two to four hours, if wow. not less. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a very useful bit of a uh, kit to have. And obviously, yeah. that'll be in the show notes. Yeah. That yeah. sounds pretty cool. Yeah. What caught your eye, Russ? Hmm. Well, other than my sort of recent and vaguely unhealthy sudden obsession with Lulu's cover of um, Bowie's The Man Who Sold the World, which I've been listening to constantly for the last week, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Why, why, why would you do everything differently? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> 
Do you remember Tales from the Loop from last year or the year before? Oh, I definitely remember Tales from the Loop. Uh, I played played it in January. It's quite an interesting sort of that 80s kids adventure sort of thing. Yeah, so it's like a Swedish company. And yeah. um, it's sort of, they, they bill it as a role playing in the 80s that never was. Yeah, so you've got basically sort of these fan... The, the artwork is amazing. It's really eye-catching and stunning. Um, well, it's based on the sci-fi art of Simon, and um, I apologise for... for uh, inevitably. My, my, uh, my poor... Mangling. Usually. <laughs> His yeah. poor, poor name. Uh, Stalinhag. The yeah. A's got a little circle over I don't know what that does in Swedish. Stalinhag. Stalinhag. I don't know. But, um, but anyway, he, he, he does these art books, and... Yeah. Um, there's also been, a, I believe, a, a TV show or a movie, one of the other um, optioned off the art books as well, separately to the game. Could um, well believe it. Visually, it's absolute eye candy. You've got like these little 80s snowscapes and so forth, and kids happily playing on battered, broken alien technology mm. from the far flung future. Well, the so thing that's. How have they improved? Is the, there an expansion? Well, well, the thing that caught my eye this week was yeah. the sequel. The sequel. Which is coming to Kickstarter next week, apparently. Oh, more, more of the same or something different? Uh, it is called Things from the Flood. Things from the Flood. Uh, based from another of his art books. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and this one is a sort of a bit more grim and a bit more bleak and a bit more mature. So uh, in Tales from the Loop, you couldn't die. Yes. You, you played kids and you couldn't die. Yes. In Things from the Flood, um, yeah, kids are a bit older. So yes. it's, it's more sort of like later teens. Mm. And, um, you know, it's a bit more mature. They can die. Just looking at the front cover, that's a lot more tentacles than I'm expecting. That is a lot of t- tentacles. Yes, more tentacles than expected. Things from the Flood. I'm getting a sort of, uh, blah, 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 what's it, the uh, Marianas Trench slash Cthulhu yeah. vibe. Well, Tales, Tales from the Loop won, I think it was five Ennies. Um, was it last year? It was last year, yeah. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Things from the Flood does something similar because those, those, those Swedish publishers produce some really gorgeous stuff. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's like high-quality production values and interesting games. It's, yeah. a, it's a good combination. <laughs> whenever, whenever you do those um, uh, sort of what's the most anticipated games of the year thing, there's always <laughs> like two or three Swedish games in the sort of top ten. Mm. So they've got a big, big following. Well, that's, that's the nature of Europe. You've got a lot of creative people over there. Yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, that's what caught my eye this week. Shall we do the news? Yes, let's do the news. Let's do the news. Okay then, so the big news, of course, and we'll del- delve into that a little later, is mm-hmm. Waterdeep uh, Dragon Heist came out. Oh, there, there is a book on the table. It's it's very exciting. Front of me. But we'll dive into that a bit later when yes. we do a sort of like um, special on the book. Absolutely. Sticking with the Forgotten Realms, Mr. Salvatore, R.A. Salvatore, has written another Drizzt novel. Has he indeed? He has. Um, this one is called Timeless. Timeless. Hmm. Is it more Drizzt? It is more twist, yes. It is How more twist. Um, it came I'm... out. It came out last Tuesday, and um, it features the tales of Zacnafane and Jarl Axel from centuries past. Jarl Axel, you say? Mm. That seems timely. Oh well, Jarl Axel features in Waterdeep Dragon Heist, doesn't it? I know. What's the chance of such a thing happening? <laughs> it's just a coincidence. <laughs> I'm sure. Good. The chances are good. <laughs> yeah, I mean this one. This one was quite um, quite interesting because um, a so like back in I think it was February or April or something like that. A, yes. An online bookseller um, mm. accidentally um, made the product page for that book public. And Not course, Amazon, surely. Uh, no, it wasn't Amazon that time. Sometimes it is Amazon. That that. <laughs> it's often Amazon. Yeah, the source of Amazon. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I, I reported on it back in February or so. Mm. 
Um, and it's, uh, it was odd because just like last week, the press release for it dropped into my inbox, and I was, I thought, I thought that came out ages ago, but no, <laughs> no, it's only, it's literally only just come out. It's just that, um, you know, it hit the news like months and months ago. Yeah, I mean, I do feel a bit sorry for these online booksellers. There's a lot, well, as you know, there's a lot to go into selling a book. You've got to make sure all your logistics are in place. Mm. So everyone's got to be ready because there's no point bringing a book out and then all your publicity kicks in two weeks later. Mm. Got to have all that stuff ready from the dot. Yeah. Otherwise it's a, a little bit pointless. Any other good books out there? Uh, well, c- coming out soon, um, mm. not, not quite yet, but uh, coming out in October, towards the end of October, there's this big oh, yeah. sort of 450-page book um, called uh, Art and Arcana, or Arcana, um, an art and history book of the D&D game line, like from inception to the present day. Wait, wait, 450 pages? 448 to be exact. Cover price of $50. 448 pages? Wow. That's that, a big that's... book. That is a hell of a book, actually, because, yeah. like, the, what's it, big old A4 thing, like, uh, the Judge Dread book, that was, what, 271? 274, yeah. 274, so that's, what, nearly so double the page. twice the size of that, yeah. Good grief. Wow. That's a, that's a big, big old book. That is, that is not a small book. That's not a small book. There are, there are, there are detailed role-playing game manuals which are less hefty than this book. Mm. Which I suppose is hard, really. Oh, well, so this thing um, is just like full of cover art, interior pieces, and oh. even drafts, sketches, advertisements, and all sorts of stuff. I'm mm. um, just going back over the history of D&D. Got a foreword by Joe Manganiello. I still can't say his name. Joe Manganiello? Man- Manganiello. I believe. Uh, (laughs) And and the book's kind of curated by Michael Whitwer, Kyle Newman, John Peterson, and Sam Whitwer. I mean, that that sounds like there's a lot of full-colour art in there. That's going to be a pricey book. I have this, upstairs, I have this Art of the Dragonlance Saga book. And I remember, I I picked it up on eBay a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago, because I remember I had that when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And it was gorgeous. I absolutely loved that book. And I never knew what happened to it. I think maybe my parents... Got rid of it when I moved out or something like that. I can't remember. Mm. But anyway, um, so I picked it up again on eBay and it's such a gorgeous book. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, this one, interesting. $50. Um, there's a, a premium box set version. Guess how much that one's going for? Damn, 60 70 $125. Oof. So, so $50, that, that's actually pretty good value for... Because you're basically getting like two regular size books together so i'm like oh, okay okay i can see that but 125 dollars what do you get with that well it's a box set and it yeah. says it includes some frame ready prints of 10 classic pieces of artwork nice and there's a pamphlet sized version of the unpublished original edition of tomb of horrors and a special Ooh. gold and black slip case so it's a proper collector's job that that, that, that yeah that is that does sound actually like that might yeah. be 125 dollars worth of stuff yeah. there. okay so that's that's pretty reasonable, to be fair. It does yeah. look good. So it's called Art and Arcana, a visual history. Mm. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm almost certainly going to pick that up. Well, I, I'm almost certainly going to ask if I have a squid swing. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Yeah. Mike Myler, who's the editor of Insider, he's started a Kickstarter for his uh, D&D 5th edition, I want to say Eastern sort of... High fantasy setting. Oh, Wuxia. Wuxia, is that even answer? Uh, I would say Wuxia. I yeah. don't know, I've never uh, it's heard like it fly, said Flying right. people, Hong Kong action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's sort of like that, if you look at the cover. Yeah, it's called uh, Mists of Akuma. Oh, righty. And um, it's a, yeah, it's a Kickstarter for a hardcover book. 
Here we go. Eastern Fantasy Adventures for D&D, 5e, and Shadows of the Demon Lord. Two okay. hardcover adventures in the mists of Akuma campaign setting. Uh, and they're called Trade War and the Imperial Matchmaker. Okay, so and it says, what, Trade War is already ready to go. And Imperial Matchmaker is in development, yeah. Oh, so he calls it Eastern Fantasy Noir Steampunk. There you go. <laughs> That's why. That's why I was trying to. I was trying to struggle to find the right phrase to use because I. I was like, "What is that genre? What's it called?" Apparently, it's called Eastern Fantasy Noir Steampunk. But well, oh yeah, no, absolutely uh, steampunk rather than steelpunk. That's what it says. I don't know what. Okay, so yeah, if we if we throw enough uh, adjectives together, we can describe anything. That's the power of language. So this is a trade war. The adventures face off. Against their first great challenges near and within Robai Shita Temple in Shibai, traveling all over Soburin as the Mubo brothers seek vengeance for their murdered brethren, while fate puts the party onto the trail of nature demons and black Tory gates of mysterious purpose. That's one sentence. Breathe, <laughs> <laughs> breathe. <laughs> These people uh, need more commas. An imperial matchmaker <laughs> is being forged with the help of talented Savannah Broadway and Michael McCarthy. This sprawling exploration inside of the imperial capital of Sambayoshi. Yeah, there we go. Uh, imperial matchmaker, an entity between the Gekaido, Hakasuri, Kirai and Namida clans has persisted for ages. The wounds from the Battle of Broken Spears torn open every few years by border skirmishes and trade disputes, seeking mm. to win the minds of the people by a grand gesture during these dark times, Emperor Hitoshi Masuto has arranged an alliance between the quarrelling noble families. There was uh, some more previews of Judge Dread and the Wars of 2000 AD. More um, previews? Uh, these ones were of the Robot Wars. So oh. that's like the first adventure slash source book. Yes. Um, which accompanies the the hardcover um, core rule book. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like a hundred odd pages. Um, basically, it's based on the first sort of major storyline yeah. where uh, the robots under the sort of uh, command of Call Me Kenneth, yes. a carpentry robot, which kind of woke up. Uh, he leads a, a robot revolt and the judges have to, go to, have to go to war with mm. the robots to sort of restore control of their city. So there's a whole bunch of sort of... Uh, Preview pages out, just showing various bits and pieces. Maps. There's two adventures in the in the in the book. There's mm -hmm. um, the standard Robot Wars campaign mm -hmm. for judges, yeah, uh, which follows pretty much the storyline in the in the comics. Yeah, yeah. And there's one called Saving Matt Damon Block, which is for <laughs> civilians or perps, and it's all set within one one mega block. Oh, nice, nice. And yeah. uh, them dealing with the sort of robot uprising just within their block. Mm, mm. It's quite good. Um, yeah, Matt Damon books. See this map of it here. There's a, there's a shop in there called Affleck News. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. And that's uh, Andy Peregrine's work, isn't it? Yes, yeah, that is indeed. Affleck. That is indeed, yeah. Mm. Let's call me Kenneth there, look. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Kenneth's stat block. We'll stick a link in the show notes um, where you can see those previews. Yes, uh, it's looked look like a lovely cover got going on there, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh, right. So, you know those sort of like monthly subscription boxes you can get? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you pay a fee and then you get some stuff in a box. Yeah, usually it's like maybe you'll get sort of like a comic and a t-shirt and maybe some badges and some bits and pieces and stuff like that. You don't yeah. know You don't know what it's going to be. You just don't. Yeah. They always yeah. come in different themes and stuff. There's quite a few gaming ones out there as well, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but this one is a dice-specific one. Yeah. It's called oh. Dice Envy. 
Yeah, my attention. Mm. You get the subscription box. I mean, they've, they've got a picture of the sampler box here. Um, in the in the sampler box, you Ooh. receive a single dice each month or die each month. Wow. Yeah, they promise they only send dice with a standard number of sides, so you won't receive like wacky seventeen sided dice or anything uh, like yeah. that. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's, okay. there's a sort of like you see this picture here. You can see a sample of the various different dice they've got. Oh, they've got those funky weird. Yeah, they've D4s. got those odd D fours. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say that's the infinity D4s they're called, aren't they? Uh, yeah. And then what's you got some D20s. So what, you just get like, oh, okay, some dice. Mm. Well, the basic box, um, you get a standard set of acrylic dice yeah. as well as a sampler die of the month. Mm-hmm. So um, the the dice in the basic box, it says here, they're fairly generic. Um, mm-hmm. You see this one, it's um, oh, okay. sparkly pink. Well, yeah, it's got like a nice gold... Um... Yeah, so it's a whole set of one, two, three, four, five, oh, six. Oh, so the, 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 the top number in each of them is gold, highlighted in gold, I think, and then... The rest of them are... Yeah, it looks like... Yeah, yeah. Unless that's just the lighting. It's hard to say. But yeah, okay. And their flagship thing is called their original box. Um, oh, yeah, this, uh, this is like a higher grade material. So you get like metal Ooh. or amber or wood dice. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so this is this is a picture. It's called the Gunmetal Lion Head Set. And they've got like the Lion Head logo is the 20 on the D20. Yeah. And they're all quite heavy, solid metal ones. That, that does look tempting. <laughs> and that, that D4, oh, that's a proper control. So it's $22 per month for the sort of the sort of flagship box set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you want the cheaper one, that one is $12 per month. Okay, okay. That's not, not terrible. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, if you're a dice collector, I think it's a great way to do it. Yes, yes. I know some people who are very much into the dice. I, I've got very exacting standards. They, I need them to be completely see-through, like only transparent dice. I used to be a big fan of like the different different shades and all the funky dice. Mm-hmm. And then I did an experiment involving a saturated salt solution and my dice. But what you do, right, is you is you heat some water at about 40, 50 degrees and you keep on dissolving salt into it until it won't dissolve anymore. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a saturated salt solution. And then you very carefully, like you pour water onto the back of a spoon so it doesn't disturb it and go down into it. And they build it up so you've got basically two layers of water. You've got super saturated salt solution and then fresh water. Mm-hmm. And you take your dice and you carefully place them in and they will float in the super saturated salt solution but not in the regular water. Yeah? Because mm-hmm. the saturated okay, salt solution yeah, yeah. is denser. Yeah. And they give them a little poke and see if they just happily tumble or if they go down and then flip back up to the same side. So you can just turn up as a weighted dice, basically. Exactly. Okay. There was you. You can do it by just rolling them lots. That's yeah, probably corners. easier. <laughs> I, <laughs> but uh, that's not science. That that's not science. Yeah, well, his we, science. It's mathematics. This is, this is this is more science. He's more my sort of science, which is working in the kitchen. What can I say? Mm. Um, and yeah, I was I was appalled, Russ. I was appalled. Whereas with the transparent dice, you can see if it's weighted because you can see if there's any air bubbles inside it. I see. Yes. Oh. So all your dice are transparent, are they? Not all of them, but uh, the ones which did not show themselves to be weighted. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because it's possible to get non-weighted dice, but it's like, if I want my dice weighted, I want it to be intentionally weighted. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) I don't don't want dice which are accidentally weighted, Mm. especially the number of ones which are are just betrayed us. Dice that I love, dice that I regard as objects that art. Yeah, ones and twos, a lot of them. Mm. I'm like... Oh, I see. I'm not the unluckiest man in the universe. My dice actually do hate me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fair enough. Yeah. So, our favourite game in all the world. Yes. Guess the name of the Kickstarter from just its name and nothing else. It's the best name. You are so good at this game. I re- hey, I did really well last week. <laughs> you did? Yeah. You got a million points on one of them, didn't you? Yeah, yeah uh, main gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was listening to it the other day, it's like, oh yes. My, my wife was uh, impressed. <laughs> Your wife is easily impressed, clearly. <laughs> Very easily. That's why I married her. <laughs> Uh, right then, so number yes. one, number one, number okay, one. Then. What is Arcadia with a K? Arcadia with a K. Um, well, I would expect a sort of Greek themed role playing game, sort of that sort of Greek mythos sort of thing. But if they're going to spell it with a K, then I don't know. Maybe there's an Eastern European influence, or maybe they're just going for like. Uh, Animal was going into the arc two by two, so it's a role playing game setting. I'm gonna say, and it's about myths. We'll say there's like an Eastern European influence as well as Greek. Okay, not too bad. Seven out of ten for that. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so you are correct in that it is a setting. Yes, you are correct in that it is Greek themed. Okay, um, it's for fifth edition. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's a game of heroic adventure in a world of monsters and myth inspired by the legends and history of ancient Greece. Oh, I really like about this one. Look at the art. The art Ooh. is gorgeous. That, that I mean, I would pick this up just for the art, yeah. to be honest. That is lovely. I'm thinking Jason and the Argonauts. Mm. That's very direct inspiration. I could see stop motion skeletons. Mm-hmm. It's right after in that book. Yeah, it says the setting, a uh, fully realised Greek world rich with diverse gods, ancient cities and vast wilds filled with crumbling ruins and an all new take on classical monsters. Oh, sounds amazing. Um, you can play new races like the uh, Phaedran. The what? Phaedran, P-H-A-E-D-R-A-N. Oh, no. uh, these, these manifest the features of satyr, siren, harpy, or even gorgon lineage. All oh, get in. There's a whole bunch of new class archetypes, backgrounds, feats, items, you know, kind of Bronze Age items and equipment. And of course, loads of monsters and villains straight from the sort of Greek tales like oh. gorgons, monitors, hydras, various other bits and pieces. Oh, nice. I like this. I like the look of this. I love I- it. I, I'm currently listening to uh, Mythos by Stephen Fry on audiobook, mm. so that, that seems quite relevant to my interests. Uh, right, next one. Yes. You ready? Here we go. Ghost writer. Ooh, interesting. Traditionally, a ghost writer being someone that talks with a celebrity and then cranks out a book. For them. Yes, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I tried to find a nice paraphrase for that, but yeah, for them. <laughs> Okay, so Ghostwriter, but in this case, because we're dealing with RPGs, I'm going to say it's setting in rule set, and you're all ghosts who are also writers, and you have exciting ghostly adventures um, in the course of trying to get your book published from beyond the grave. Hmm, <laughs> interesting. Um, so Ghostwriter, it is an adventure ah. um, for leagues of adventure or leagues of gothic horror. Okay. Uh, 55 pages, black and white interior. Um, an angry ghost will be denied credit no longer. Is, is, are those adventure, are those systems or something? Or? Yeah. 
Really? Okay. Uh, a lost tale from the bard resurfaces. Ooh. But it produces not only a play, but also a vengeful ghost. The clock is ticking as the intrepid globetrotters try to discover why this apparition haunts and kills those involved. Bum, bum, bum. That's quite interesting. That does. Hmm. Oh, I approve. Excellent stuff. All right, let's do one more. Okay. Black Star, Death and Decay. Oh, that's a name to conjure it with. It is a name, isn't it? Oh, Black Star, Death and Decay. Mm. It actually has two words after that, but they literally give away what it is. So, so they do what so a title is supposed part to. It's part of the title. But oh, okay. So, if so I the, say that, then... The full title tells you what it actually is. Yeah. But I approve of that. Okay, so Black Star, Death and Decay. I'm guessing Black Star's a, like, a system, a setting sort of thing, and Death and Decay is a sort of like mini adventure module going for it. I'm hoping... There's like a strong horror theme, maybe some undead in there. I'm having vampires, werewolves, mummy lords, the whole nine yards. Hmm. That's what I'd hope for if I pick a foot. Right, so this is, uh, you know, uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord? Yes. Rob Schwab's RPG. Yes. Black Star is a game line based on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Death and Decay, the full name is Black Star Death and Decay Creature Codex. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, especially a monster book um, yeah. for the Black Star game line. Yeah. Um, but it's all sort of like quite dark. It's 128 pages, quite dark, undead, lurking horror type stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's got some examples here, like infested dolls, whispers in the night, echoes of battles, ghost ships, you know, stuff like that. I, I think I should be marked out of five on this one. Yeah, it's in, <laughs> some lovely art there as well. Look. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's. I really like that. There's, a, there's like sort of a, a horde of knights and so forth, and they're facing off against this like crouching, scaled, ancient worm of a dragon, mm. just giving them an evil eye. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't fancy those guys' chances. Yeah. Look, looks, looks, looks hard for them. Looks hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll give you two points out of ten for that. I have no idea why. That just, just seemed like a, <laughs> a good number. <laughs> I bang on the money. <laughs> Your spreadsheet needs updating itself. Day. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I think that's the end of the game for this week. Yes, our yeah. favourite game in all the world ever. Yes. Is it still your favourite game in all the world ever? I enjoyed the game. The scoring less, I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm not sure I believe you have a spreadsheet. <laughs> it's very detailed and very accurate, I'm telling you. Okay, then. Lovely. All scientifically worked out. Mm-mm. So, hello, I'm back here at the uh, Perturbed Dragon Tavern, where uh, uh, this is. I have the honour of my third interview with the uh, the esteemed and um, powerful uh, Malak the Maleficent. Um, yes, yes, that's um, me. We, hello. We, we, we're here to talk today about um, uh, your 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 sort of arch enemy, uh, Doctor Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe. Who? Uh, you know, Doctor Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe. I I don't know that name. I'm uh, not familiar with him. No. I, I'm, I'm I'm sure you do. He is your arch enemy. My my arch enemy. Yes. No. I mean, he's he's no, one of the it, most. It, it doesn't ring a bell. He's one of the most famous individuals ever to exist. He's, uh, Hang, hang on a minute. Um, Doctor, uh, what did you say his name was? Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe. Wolfhausen Smythe, yes. Yes. Uh, chap who discovered, um, oh, Cleopatra's tomb. Yes? Yeah. yeah yes. And, and, and claims to be the world heavyweight boxing champion. But several times over, yes. Yes. Um, and, and 
the one who climbed Everest with Shakespeare. That's the one, yeah, you have heard of him. No, no, I've never heard of it, no. Oh, um, so, I mean, he is possibly the most accomplished man ever to have lived. Ridiculous. It seems, seems unusual that you wouldn't have heard of how, him. How will you back up that claim? Oh, well, the list of his accomplishments is legendary. Um, he's defeated many of your uh, evil attempts at world domination. Mm, I don't think so. No, all of my attempts at world domination have been successful. Right. But but, but, but what about the time where uh, Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe uh, encountered you atop the waterfall and uh, punched you such a mighty blow that you flew a hundred feet through the air to fall to your apparent demise? Yes, I can fly. I flew a hundred feet. Isn't that amazing? Yes, yes, I, su- I suppose, yes. And what about the time that he created an anti-rat colossus which met your own rat colossus and uh, seduced it and caused it to fall in love with his own and disappear off to an island in the Pacific? I think you'll find that I created a rat colossus to counter his anti-rat colossus and sent them away to an island in the Pacific. Right, but you did create the first rat colossus. I had the foresight to do so, yes. I see. Well, what a, what a, what about the time where um you uh you ran for the uh, office of world president and um were beaten in the polls by uh, Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe's very very accomplished and extremely successful election campaign. I think you'll find not only is that fake news, but also I won the popular vote and am in fact president of the world at the moment. Right, but if you're president of the world, why do you need to dominate it in such a nefarious fashion? Man has to have his hobbies, doesn't he? I suppose. So, now we've established that you do, in fact, um, know Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen Spies. I mean, what, what, what's your general sort of uh, impression of the great man? Well, he, well, his cupcakes are awful. Cupcakes? Yes. Yes, have you never been to one of his bake sales? He makes these awful cupcakes that are 400% icing. They're disgusting. Oh, I see. They give me a headache every time. Well, I would say that as criticisms go, I mean, if that's the worst you could say of him, sounds like he really is quite the legendary accomplished individual. I don't think so. Mm, the stories I could tell about Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe. Ooh, an exclusive. Uh, Yes. Well, did you hear about the time he entered the Dwarven Kingdom of Dwarvenheim in order to steal the Dwarven treasure and then got eaten by a dragon? Did you hear that one? Uh, I I did not. It doesn't sound likely. Why not? What's wrong with that story? It sounds perfectly plausible to me. Well, well, I can see two major sort of flaws in it. One is that uh, Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe um, doesn't need to break into the Dwarven Kingdom of Dwarvenheim because he is an honorary king of that kingdom. Uh, and secondly, if he has been eaten by a dragon, how is it that uh, he managed to climb Everest for the 16th time just last week? Well, you know, he tastes so awful that the dragon spat him out and he just happened to land on Everest. I, I, I see. I mean, I, I 
you know, as as you know, I, I I'm not one to uh, contradict or argue with someone as powerful and evil as you yourself. Better not. But um, uh, there is video Be footage of. Be very careful about your next words, little man. Yep, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it happened exactly like that. Yes, yes. exactly like that. Yes, yes. How, uh, how how many times have you actually encountered the uh, the good doctor yourself? I believe the number stands at 143 times. 143 times? Yes. And how many of those times were you victorious over the Doctor? 143. Obviously. <clears throat> I see. I, he has a very, very different account of, uh, of, of this statistic. That's because he's crooked, Victor. You know? Hmm. You should see his emails. I have... He is a great hero and a and a inspiration to many. He is a great idiot. Well, uh, I, I'll be sure to relay your um your, your your feelings onto him next time I encounter him. You're not going to encounter him again. Well, why not? Because I tire of you, you puny little creature, and I'm going to destroy you. Oh no, no, no! Please, no, no, no! Oh yes, Here, oh he's run away again. Right. Minions, get him! Hello, your editor Daryl here. Before we get to the main topic, I wanted to remind you of our Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash morris, you can help support the show and get access to the entire back catalog of deleted scenes and outtakes episodes. The last couple have been almost as long as the actual podcasts themselves. This week's episode, though, you can learn more about Waterdeep Dragon Heist, hear outtakes from the interview with Malik the Maleficent, hear the guys get scared out of their wits, and a lot more. That's over at patreon.com slash morris, and we thank you for your support. A quick note about this segment. While recording, the guys are reading from the same book, which is on the same table that the studio's microphones are on. So this is a warning for headphone users to beware that there's going to be lots of shuffling noises and a few bumps and thuds. I tried to fix as many as I can, but you may want to ratchet the volume down just a little bit to protect your ears. Let's go and skip to the thing that everyone's dying to hear about. And if you're not dying to hear about, this is going to be very tedious for the next 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, so Waterdeep Dragon Heist, it's, uh, as we mentioned before, an adventure levels one to five set yes. in the city of Waterdeep. Mm. And um, this, is, this is the sort of description on the back of it. Uh, famed explorer uh, Wolothamp Gedarm needs you to complete a simple quest. Thus begins a mad romp through the wards of Waterdeep as you uncover a villainous plot involving some of the city's most influential figures. A grand urban caper awaits you. Pit your skill and bravado against villains, the likes of which you've never faced before, and let the dragon hunt begin. Hotly anticipated. It's an adventure for levels 1 to 5. Uh, it's an urban adventure set in Waterdeep. Yes. It's a heist. And it's a heist, yeah. Uh, I love a good heist. It's their right the name, Dragon Heist. Yes, indeed. So most uh, D&D adventures have been set in dungeons and wilderness sort of places. And so this is a this is more of a sort of cosmopolitan city-based urban adventure, which I kind of like about it. Um, the, the basic plot, this, this isn't really a spoiler, but there's um, half a million golden coins and um, in Waterdeep these are called dragons. Um, they've been stolen and hidden and it's up to the players to find this loot before one of the four different villains can. 
like with Curse of Strahd, there's options to vary the story by changing the villains, the time of year and encounters and stuff like that. Mm. Um, it came out in sort of preferred um, networks, uh, Wizards Network mm-hmm. stores. I can't remember what they're called. Is that any... Yeah, affiliates or something? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so s- s- some game stores uh, last Friday. Yes. And it will be on general release on Amazon and basically everywhere else next yeah. Tuesday. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, here it is, right in front of you there. Um, as you can see, hardback book. It's got a nice big fold-out map in the back of, of Waterdeep. And nice. I think, should we just, like, Let's... just go through the book? Yes. And just talk about it. But first things first, Russ, we've got to pay attention to the science. So... And what does it weigh? I'm switching right. on the scales. All right, let's do it. Okay. I will note that you're also weighing your bookmarks. I'm also weighing my bookmarks, but I'm going to treat them as negligible. All right. So that's 876 grams. Confirmed once. And twice. Yes. Science has been done. Yeah. We're good to continue. But I am going to go and put up on Amazon and see what it, it says it weighs. Oh, sorry. I'm just... Those sounds of me unfolding. Wow, that's a big map. That's like... Uh, we've got ma- Waterdeep on one side. And, and Waterdeep oh, DM's, DM's map. So we've got a DM's map on the other side. It's a lovely map, isn't it? It's a big, oh, big old fold-out poster map. There's a lot of detail the Yeah. I mean, how, how big is this, roughly? Because, so we've got, that's about a four-sized one, two, three. So what did you what did you say it weighed? Uh, 876. Well, according to Amazon, it's 862. But I reckon your bookmarks. I don't think my bookmarks. The extra 14 grams. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> some some of these scales are off, although they might not be counting uh, this actually because the poster map. The poster yeah, map. We're would be, well. Okay, well we'll try it about the poster map, and that takes it to eight twenty eight. Oh no, because it's eight six two on here, so that takes it below. In which case, I don't know what Amazon using to weigh things, uh, but but we have done science. We have done science. Uh, and now we've got to like report that Amazon have different scales from us. They're probably just doing it wrong. <laughs> right, so we have a big double-sided poster map of Waterdeep. One's the player's side, one is the DM's side. Yep, it's um, a bit over six A4 pages, like maybe six and a half A4 pages. Yeah, if you, stack them up. you can basically see an overview of the entire city. Dock Ward, Southern Ward, Trade Ward, Sea Ward, mm. Undercliff. Yeah, um, the City of the Dead. Which is the sort of thing that personally takes my notice as a player. I'm like, City of the Dead. I wonder if there's going to be something terrible happening to me there. <laughs> Probably. It's a lovely map that you could put that on the wall and that would look, you know, nice just as a piece of art, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's true, actually. I know a couple of people who do collect fantasy maps mm. and this definitely has a certain something to it. Uh, having a quick look at the DM's map is basically the same. Ah, but there's a couple of extra locations on the other side. Talking of DMs, Matt, I just want to say, um, we're going to be flipping through the book in a minute. There may be spoilers. So if you're you're going to be playing the adventure as opposed to running it, you might want to consider maybe skipping ahead and not listening to this section because uh, we're going to to try not to spoil anything, but something might slip through. You never know. Yes, yes. Spoilers are terrible, but we are both very... Very stupid people. What was your sort of first impression of the book? When you, when you picked it up and opened it up, what did you think? I was sort of underwhelmed by the cover, I'll be honest, because it's quite... I really wishy- like that cover. Oh, that's fair. So, so I, I think it's fair to say opinion split. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's not a halo he's got there. That's actually a big honking grey tie on yeah, the Yeah, so it's a big beholder in the background, yeah. Nice, nice, and that's teeth. Yeah, I'm guessing what we're looking at is the... 
the villains of it. So I'm guessing that would be Manchun at the front and then the uh, Castellars. Uh, possibly. Where's John Axel then? That would be John Axel. John Axel's the big guy in the middle. Yeah. Okay, he, yeah. Of course. He's got pointy, pointy ears. ears. Yes, there we go. Pointy ears and a feather in his hat, of course. Yeah, that's uh, him. Yeah, okay. I bet he calls it macaroni. And yeah. that's Xanathar in the background with the big sort of behind. Yes, yes, yeah. lurking in the background. And there's there's a lot of uh, a lot a lot of gold pieces or dragons, as they're called. Mm. So this is a game with like a lot of dragons involved. Yeah. So I'm just opening up the book, just flipping through, just looking. You know, they always have these uh, disclaimers in the front of the D and D books. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought have a look, have a look at the disclaimer in this one because yeah. I always quite enjoy those. So mm-hmm. um, they're always like this. Uh, if you pick up any uh, fifth edition D and D book. Look on the credits page. You'll see it. You'll see a disclaimer. Yes, and it's always something funny. So this is the, this is the one for this. The Lords of Waterdeep cannot be held responsible <laughs> for the flogging, banishment, incarceration, or execution of adventurers who violate <laughs> the code legal. Nor are the Lords responsible for the actions of beholder crime lords, unscrupulous nobles, drow swashbucklers, and evil clones. Nice. Also, don't be alarmed by the colossal statues scattered throughout the city. They're quite safe and haven't gone berserk in years. Absolutely safe. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot more sense for some of the other things I noticed. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. Oh, uh, very important. Right near listeners. the front of the book, we yeah, have... Where it should be. A pronunciation guide. Get in. Yeah, well, it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole page. There is a page. Um, so we've got Jarlaxle Bane Ray. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? B-A-E-N-R-E. I've always been aware of, of the word. I've never known how to pronounce it. Bane Ray oh, okay. is, is, is the second name of John Axel. I, I must say, I'm joining you in saying Bayen. Bayen. I was, like I was, I was, I, I was ben- how I since I, was, since I was a kid, I've said Bainra. Okay, no. Ray. Okay. Bane Ray it is. Well. Uh, then, then, just as we go through the book, we've got a sort of introduction and story overview, which... Yeah. Uh, you know. Essential for the DM to read through beforehand. Yeah. And then it goes into the sort of main villains. So um, this is slightly spoilerific, but I think everybody knows this anyway. Uh, it's been fairly well advertised. There are, like, what's it, four subtypes. So villains. four villains. Our villains are Xanathar. Yes. The Castellantas. Jarlaxle uh, yeah. Bane Ray. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, a record this, first. This, Russ has pronounced some of these names properly. This, this podcast <laughs> has improved by 0.7%. Yeah, that's the crazy addition of that correct pronunciation, and Ooh. of course Manchun or the clone of the wizard Manchun. Yeah, so as you can see, so uh, we've got a section dealing with each of these um, villains, mm. and then uh, it goes, it dives into the seasons here. Yeah. So each season is associated with a different villain. That's quite interesting because it also sort of they've really tried to make uh, the season an integral part of the book mm. because generally I found role playing games tend to be sort of generic spring mm. it's very hard to get a sense of weather well in here they, they're divided thusly uh, mm-hmm. so Xanathar takes place in the spring okay uh, the Castellantas are in the summer yeah uh, Jarlaxle is the autumn Ooh, and yeah. Manchun is the winter Ooh. so depending which building you choose um, your your adventure takes place in a different season and runs slightly differently. And then we get a section looking at the sort of overall adventure structure. And I, you pointed this out earlier, mm-hmm. you liked. Was, uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, you've got sort of the adventure background and what you have is a page of flowcharts, which I realise may not be for everyone, but if you're trying to organise and run this adventure, it's going to be pretty, pretty essential. So it's got like the adventure background on the right-hand side where it runs through the various things which have caused and will happen in the adventure. 
which I won't want to talk about too much in detail because it's a bit of spoilers. And then it's got the adventure flow chart, which is like the things that happen. And then you go towards like the villain in their lair. And each of those villain layers gets its own separate chapter. Hmm. You think about it, so you only actually, on your first playthrough at least, I assume you can re- sort of re- mm. rerun the game a bit like you can with Curse of Strahd. Yeah. You're only going to use presumably one of those chapters. Absolutely. Time, so there's four chapters there which basically make for a slightly different adventure depending which chapter you use. And, and also, like the, I think there's a later flowchart which mixes up the encounters you'd see. Mm. So it's possible that you could rerun it. Uh, I guess that would be... I don't know how long it would take to run. Uh, what are we looking at? 20 hours? Well, well it's levels 1 to 5. That, yeah, that's going to be... not. This isn't, this isn't just uh, a wall. The, the, the book coming out in a couple of months, mm. uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage, mm. picks up, I think, at level 6. Level 6 and, to and 20. And takes you all the way through to 20, yeah. Oh, that, that's going to be, that's gonna be an epic... Yeah, yeah it's be interesting. Um, so yeah, so then we go on to a, a big section on like life in Waterdeep. So it talks mm. here about um, what it's like to live in Waterdeep, breaking the law, stuff like that. Uh, character creation deals with sort of like um, guild memberships, character backgrounds. There aren't any new backgrounds here, but um, no. it tells you which are which are appropriate to use. That, that's something I found quite interesting. There's like no new character classes. Or oh yeah, there's no there's no actual character. Yeah, there's no actual player character. Sort of content, classes, in, yeah, yeah. content in this book it's no. strictly a DM's book so yeah. I can see that might well limit sales to be uh, honest so then we've got a nice big section on factions in Waterdeep which you can be associated with we've got uh, mm. Bregan Death we've got the Emerald Enclave Force Ooh. Grey yeah. uh, which is um, also featured in one of Wizards live streams oh okay uh, I haven't seen that one it's yeah. the Harpers yeah that's that's known that's in the Adventurers League and also in uh, Lost Minds of Pandelver Lord's Alliance mm-hmm. yeah again. Order oh, of oh. the Gauntlet Xanathar mm-hmm. Guild okay oh yes, yes that would be a local one mm-hmm. anyone can join the Xanathar Guild which despite its name doesn't have official guild status in Waterdeep oh. before membership is granted however an applicant must pass a test that always involves the perpetration of a serious crime. Ooh. Possibilities include murdering a guild member who has failed Xanathar in some fashion, kidnapping a Waterdavian citizen, collecting a ransom, robbing a hire coach, or looting a warehouse. Okay, so to bo- join Xanathar's gang, you have to be a bad dude. Mm. Well, we knew that already. And there's the Zentrum. Oh, yes, yes. Interesting. Yeah, uh, the Black Network has an open recruitment policy. Anyone can join. Tenacity and loyalty are highly valued traits in new members. We're totally not the bad guys. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting because it's odd that they're focusing so much on the various factions because they've just taken factions completely out of uh, Adventurous League as part of Season 8. Oh, they now? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. You can, I think you can still be in one if you choose to make it your background, but okay. they've, they've made it a lot. I don't know why they've done it, to be honest. I'll have to look into it in more detail. Anyway, turning the page over, we get a double full-page spread, and this is the interior of the Yawning Portal Tavern. Yeah, I mean, this is actually one of my favourite parts of the entire book. So you've got this large sort of double-page spread, cartoony kind of thing, where basically yeah. every single Forgotten Realms or Waterdeep character you can think of is crowded into this tavern. And kind of, you know, like those, like... Uh, where's Wally? Where's, or, or what is the American version? Wildo. Yeah, where's Wildo? Anyway, whatever. It looks like that, and yeah. uh, each one's got a little number next to it, and yeah. there's this sort of uh, key 
uh, later in the book telling you who's who. But so yeah, there's sort of what, eighty odd, eighty five is the highest number I can see there. Yeah, they, they, it part is absolutely popping. So you know what number eighty five there is? Matt Mercer sitting, oh, is it? sitting there in the corner reading a book. <laughs> and then we jump into the uh, into the adventure itself with chapter one. So we've gotten up to page twenty, and now we're jumping into chapter one. Yes. Uh, got the adventure hooks and so forth. Yeah, so uh, it looks like uh, Volo um, gives you your sort of adventure hook. Oh, oh. Um, so you, you start off in the yawning portal and sort of events take place from there. Yes. I, yes. I won't spoil it too much, but you meet Volo, he gives you a sort of starting quest and that sort of kicks off the entire thing. He, he's chilling out in Quest Giver's Corner. Yeah. Little exclamation yeah. mark of his head. Yes, yeah. It's all good, it's all exactly, good. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you, you get this little starting quest, um, which you uh, complete for, for Volo. And there's various different guild hideouts. Or yeah, something and then you've got you know, chapter two, it's called Troll Skull Alley. I, mean, I, don't know, I don't quite know how to sort of like go through this without just like reading out the actual uh, I, I probably adventure wouldn't. spoilers. Yeah, uh, it's got, it's got different, it's, they've definitely got different material, like... Factions are in character very important parts of it. Like it reckons the Break Unearthed, Emerald Enclave, and there'll presumably be different options. So you can run this through several times with characters part of different factions, mm. and they will have uh, different missions, different requirements. Yeah, so you've got here Harper missions, you've got Emerald Enclave missions. And you've got different so missions forth. according to like the general level of the players as well. Yes, so second, yeah. third, fourth. Yeah, so, so for example, Harper missions level four. One of our members, Maxwin Merek, has allied himself with a gang of doppelgangers and believes the Harpers should recruit them. We need an unbiased opinion. Track down and speak with each of the doppelgangers and gauge their trustworthiness. And so, yeah, so basically you've got one, two, yeah, you've got four different missions yep. for each faction, mm-hmm. depending on what level you are. So you've got several pages of these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we go into uh, the next chapter, chapter three, Fireball, where... Uh, well, like that's a, definitely a spoiler. You, you think it's a spoiler? I'm convinced that's a spoiler. Okay, I won't. I won't go into that then. But yeah, yeah an event happens, and um, it uh, might be things unfold. That's a nice, pic, nice uh, half-page picture of John Axel there. Oh, yes, the Bane fe- Ray nice feather in his hat, Bane Ray. Yeah, yeah. Chapter four, Dragon Season. Not, not rabbit season. So we got another of these um, flowcharts. Flowcharts here. Um, we got one for each season. season. Yeah, yeah. And basically, there's a whole bunch of encounters here. Yes. And not all of them are used in. All of, the, all of them, yeah. and they're kind of mixed and matched depending on which uh, season you're in. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. for example, if you're doing uh, sort of autumn with John yeah. Axel Bainer, Encounter One Alley, count, then you go to Encounter Nine Cellar Complex, then Encounter Six Theatre, yeah. and Encounter Eight Courthouse. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing uh, winter with Manchun, you like start with Encounter Ten, 10 One, Five, Six. So exactly. it plays out entirely differently depending mm-hmm. on which. So yeah, I like I like this flowchart approach. Yeah, it does. Nice. I mean, it, it does look like it is fairly straightforward. I well, mean, it's very event driven rather than location driven. This, this, this is like sort of your wish list of like the vague things. Uh, but there's like, I, this is a book with a lot of background detail in it. So yeah. if they want, if the players want to go explore and do stuff, you've got yeah locations you can describe to them. So then we got you know a whole chapter just detailing those sort of what was it ten odd encounters all and, in order and also each one with which season you're mm. looking at as well so i'm i'm foreseeing that um this is the sort of thing that you want to buy for your gm along with um some sticky notepads as well so you can like highlight which bits that you're going to be following mm. because uh, there's a there's a lot of oh that's gorgeous oh, God, another lovely two-page spread of a dragon sat atop a pile of 
giant great big pile of gold in some kind of um, sort of underground complex with what looks like a some sort of dungeon you say yeah some I sort of dungeon it's, it's a dungeon and a dragon wow they should, they should, they should, they should make a game based on that that's really good yeah yeah, yeah and we got is that a halfling peering from around behind a pillar yeah, over there uh, and uh, I think the dragon's busy nuking some dude, yeah, so, I think... So, I think very, so maybe the Hobbit echoes going on here. Yeah, I, I think the dragon's looking very, uh, very small. Mm. Uh, <laughs> right then, so yeah, so then we've got uh, chapter five. So this is where we, um, from chapter five, six, seven and eight, are all the yeah. different, uh, a chapter for each villain. So chapter five here is Spring Madness, and mm. it's based on uh, Xanathar. You know, nice big map of Xanathar's lair yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, but I'll try not to... Get too many spoilers here. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's another double page spread of art mm, for adventures. Very nice. Uh, and they've got the usual wizards cha- um, uh, decoration on the pages. Yeah. Chapter six is called Hell of a Summer. Yeah. Uh, this is the Castellanters. Yeah. We've got some, yeah. got some, some lovely maps, maps as well. Yeah. That'll be very useful for GM. Give you a real sense. There's a good sense of place. They've got a lot of these double pages. This is several of these now. These big double page art spreads yeah which I, I really like because it's quite nice for Jim to be able to say and you've got this and then show the double page art but mm. you don't have to worry about hiding parts yeah. of it so they don't see the stat blocks yeah. so chapter 7 is called Maestro's Fool and features Jarl Axel yeah so you can see, really see that they've uh, paid attention to the autumn theming for that uh, definitely got a sense of that oh that is a nice double page spread there look at that <clears throat> that <laughs> yeah, so you can see the red leaves flying through the air there. yeah um, and I don't know who that is but they seem very happy to have a so, wind yeah. sword yeah someone sort of pushed across a toppling barrel with a sword pointed I, at I think that's a bunch of kids playing on the dock. oh is that what it is oh I yeah, see yeah it's a wooden yeah, yeah. sword of course yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a young okay. kid tiefling yeah, playing you're right yeah it's a bunch of kids playing on the docks you got it Although there is someone dragging off a dead body in the background there. Wow, that's war steep. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen. Uh, chapter 8, Winter Wizardry. Um, this one uh, features uh, Manchun. Oh, that's quite nice, actually. What they've got is the start of each chapter. They've got the same street, actually showing different seasons. Oh, is it? Oh, let me go back. Let me go yeah, back. I'm only, I'm only just noticing it now. Let me go back and look at the previous one. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the same street. Oh, yeah, it is. Look, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Is that your same street? Yeah. Okay. And you got like the different uh, sort of uh, seasons. Yeah. Okay. In front of a shop selling fresh worms. Of course. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a fishing town. <laughs> oh dear, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another double page spread. Oh, that one's showing. That's winter. So you've yeah. got like sort of different. Like you've got your kids. You've got kids playing in each of those things. So yeah. So it's like again a way to sort of reinforce the theme. Okay, so then you have, yeah, so that's basically um, the end of the adventure stuff. You've got a chapter for each uh, each villain. And mm-hmm. then we go into a different section of the book, which yes. is uh, Volos Waterdeep uh, Inchiridion. Is that how you pronounce it? I'd say Inchiridion, but that's only because I've been conditioned to pronounce C-H-I as Ki, because reasons, hand. I don't know what that word means. Children, oh, chill. Yeah, yeah but I, I'm, I'm going with it. From the Greek, <laughs> so things like chiral, chimera... Oh, okay. And yeah, you've got sort of like a nice... You can almost do that as sort of a handout for something. Yeah, so yeah. it's a visitor's guide to the city splendors. Basically, it's a sort of a guide to Waterdeep, um, oh. authored in character by Volothan, um Gedarm. Yes, it's a late Latin term referring to a small manual or handbook. Okay. So it's like... Follows how, how do you pronounce it is the question. Nah, now nah, you're asking. <laughs> we nah, need you're asking. to know. <laughs> Never. <laughs> 
It's derived from the Greek, so I'm going to say Enchiridion. All right. Let's, let's go with Enchiridion then. Yeah. Oh, well, this is a this is a piece by... I've, I've seen this piece before. This is by Claudio Posas. He, oh, yeah. He, he was talking to me about it the other day. Oh, um, So, um, yeah, this is like a... a Trapping circus? Parade. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so you've got this big bull... Yeah. Or oxy bull type thing with an yeah. elf sitting astride it. You've got, you've got a, a drizzed on a... On a, on a unicorn in the background oh, yeah. there you've got a sort of toy dragon not toy dragon great big carnival dragon yeah, in the background yeah. but it's a whole Ooh, parade and a caged owl bear mm. would not like to be the tamer for that or is it a bear owl <laughs> <laughs> it might just be a very big owl but that's what <laughs> I think it's there. actually just a big owl actually yeah looking at it oh okay it's a giant owl yeah. in a cage no bear at all looking grumpy um, so this yeah so this whole section so we got a whole thing your arrival in the city a long history surviving in the city Information about taxes, uh, the city watch, coinage, yes, um, yeah. getting about, traffic, travel, landmarks, traffic wardens, carriages, guilds yeah. and guild law, nobility. I mean, there's a it's, it's a big big section just dealing with Waterdeep here. Yeah, different and then, wards. And then it dives districts. into the various wards and districts of Waterdeep. So we've got mm-hmm. the Sea Ward, we've got uh, the North Ward, Castle Ward, and you know anyone familiar with Waterdeep knows what these are. But um, oh, goes, oh, goes into each ward there. We 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 don't. Oh, it's the City of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's perfectly innocent. Uh, and a section there. detailing the city's splendors, the mm-hmm. uh, amenities, the Griffin Cavalry, the mm-hmm. walking statues. I'm sure those statues are perfectly fine and don't go walking at all. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, a section on city celebrations. Ah, of that would be important festivals, depending on what time of year it is. Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed, uh, indeed. Oh, okay. Uh, pages and pages, pages and pages. Constructs. Yeah. Um, going down the streets, offering people flowers. Um, yeah, um, so yeah, that's the, that's the section on Waterdeep, uh, Wallow's kind of guide to Waterdeep. And then we jump, in, jump into a whole bunch of, so that's, that's, the end, that's the end of this little book. We're jumping now into the appendices. Yes. Um, and all the, some, oh. some mechanical stuff. So we've got some magic items here. Yes, yes. Um, there's a good sort of dozen or so magic items. Is there anything here that caught your eye? Oh, there was one you pointed out to me, and we're, we were looking at it, the paper bird. I like that one. It's basically like Twitter or something. Yes. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like email. So basically you got a parchment, <laughs> you write a message on it, speak a creature's name, and it folds itself into a paper bird and flies oh, off oh. and delivers the message. It's the 50 words or fewer that really mm. sells it as a tweet to me. <laughs> uh, so we've got um, Azure Edge. Mm. We've got the Black Staff. We've got the Dragon Staff of Ankhiron. Oh, we can check the pronunciation. No, I'm we checking. could, um, <laughs> but we're not going to. Powder. We've got an artifact called the Stone of Golor. That's a strong name. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So basically, we've got a, a, a dozen or so uh, magic items there, and then Appendix mm. B, we jump into the monsters and the NPCs. Yes, there's absolutely tons of them. What did you make it? Fifty. 50 separate odd, stat yeah. blocks. I mean, they're mainly NPCs rather than monsters. There's, there's not many monsters in there. Mm. Is it? I mean, it being a city urban base adventure, I oh, suppose yeah. that's kind of, yeah. kind I mean, of appropriate. So uh, right at the back of the book now, we've got Appendix C, which is a bunch of handouts. Yes. Uh, yawning portal friendly faces, which you can hand out to the players. So each one's got a picture, their name, and just mm. a little quote from each one. So we've got Bonnie, the human barmaid. Many adventurers pass through the yawning portal on their way to greatness. All of them try the ale. And so forth. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, so we've got seven, seven sort of yawning portal friendly faces there. Mm-mm-mm. And on the other side, we've got a, a page handout which is the code legal, which is kind of exactly. like the laws of Waterdeep, That's which you've got to know. 
the laws cannot be responsible for any floggings incurred. Well, that's a good idea having that as a handout. Yeah, I, I like yeah. it. Just we've got an jumping back to sort of a bit of self-interest there. The Judge Dread GM screen. We've yes. got the laws and penalties on the player-facing side yeah. of the GM screen, so that because every Judge Dread I've ever played, whichever yeah. sort of um, game system it ever was. The game always stopped when it came to sentences. Mm. And people would grab the book and say, oh, what is the sentence of burglary? Oh, and they flip through the book or whatever. So I, now I've I just, just put it on it the GM screen facing the players so they can see it. Well, it stops me from making it up. It's like, yeah, that's 15 years for burglary. So, uh, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that it, is our look at uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Yeah, so all, all in all, it's, it's, it's a great adventure. It's different to most of the previous 5th uh, edition adventures. I, I really enjoyed it. I definitely, definitely recommend this one. Right. Okay. The competition. Oh, competition time. So, uh, do you recall the question from last week? Ah, yes. Uh, I believe it was, who created the Colossus that foiled Malak the Maleficent's dreadful Rat Colossus? Correct. And the answer to that was, of course... Victor Von Wolfhound Smythe, the man who can do everything. Yes. Um, so, we got, we got about 11 entries um, this week. Oh, uh, this is clearly how we been paying attention. We told them... Make sure you're paired up. No, I'm only joking. Fantastic. Okay. Thanks, everyone, for entering. Before we dive into these, I just want to um, say something quickly. Um, I mentioned this on our Facebook group. Yes. For those that don't know, listeners that don't know, if you go onto Facebook mm-hmm. and search for Morris's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk, there's a Facebook group there where we kind of discuss the episodes and stuff afterwards. Yes. I, I had a slight email disaster. Yeah. <laughs> and I lost all the emails of uh, all the winners and stuff for recent um, competitions. Yes. So um, I could just go back and listen to all of the episodes again to get all the winners. But I think you should. I don't necessarily <laughs> want to. <laughs> I would if I have to. But um, yeah. if you are waiting for a prize mm-hmm. and you haven't mentioned it on the Facebook group, yes. could you please just email me, morrispodcast at gmail.com, to remind me. Yeah, which prize you won and give me your address again and um, I'm sorry if you haven't got it yet but I did have I just lost all my emails in that account okay so we got we got 11 odd entries for this week so here we go okay who's got the right answer okay well um, I think everybody uh, got the right answer so Carl White Mm -hmm. thanks for listening Carl Uh, he says the perpetrator of Rat Colossus 2 was none other than our old friend Dr. Victor Von Wolfhausen Smythe oh bang on I'm keen to hear more info on the Dread Game are you planning on discussing it further on the podcast Um, yeah I did mention the Robot Wars today and yeah as the Kickstarter launches and stuff I will definitely be you know mentioning it then we will be discussing things that aren't Dread yeah, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of wary of just turning into me talking about my own stuff all the time on the podcast. Which never. You know, obviously, mm. I'm going to bring up my own stuff from time to time, but I, yeah. you know, I want people to know that it is, it is good stuff. But I think we need to talk about other things. Yes, well. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, the next entry, David Anderson. Thanks for listening, Dave. Um, this is uh, this is David from Tampa, if you recall. Oh yes, wow, yes. Uh, he says, "Yes, it's still hot here." Good, good. Um, before I answer this week's question, I have a request. Ah, oh, I don't know. Dangerous you seemed, <laughs> you seemed pleased last week that I declared myself a fan of the show. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Could you please declare me the first official fan of the podcast? Thanks. Uh, definitely our first known fan from Tampa. Good work, David. There you go. Yes. You can represent the Florida chapter. Yeah, okay. the Florida chapter... Yeah, the Florida chapter of the fan club. Of the Wizards of Pod. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the first apprentice wizard of Pod. Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. 
Yes. Uh, there are no, uh, no take backs. No take backs. Uh, he says uh, this week's answer is the venerable Doctor Victor Won. Wa- I can't even. <laughs> Victor Von Wolf Wolfenstein Smythe. No, Wolfhausen, my friend, not Wolfenstein, who created another giant rat automaton. Uh, yeah, so David says, yeah, created another giant rat automaton who swept the Maleficent giant rat off to a tropical island. You are correct, David. Woo! Lee Williams is next. Uh, Lee Williams, uh, according to oh, the... Oh, thanks for listening, Lee. Maleficent one. Yes. Uh, the opposing giant rat colossus was the creation of the manic self-publicist, Dr. Victor Von Wolfhausen Smythe. Oh. Keep them podcasts are coming. Well, if you say so, okay. Yeah, all, all right. All right. Fair enough. Oh. I mean, if you're listening, it seems rude to stop. Andy Evans. Thanks for listening, Andy. He says, hi, I didn't know I was interested in Judge Dredd and the 2080 RPG. Right. Episode 11 convinced me that I desperately need it. And I subsequently ordered myself some Judge Dredd, Nemesis and Absalom books in preparation. Also got me some wine as well. Excellent. Solid background reading. Solid background I, reading. I, I, like, I like this person. <laughs> so on to the question. The creator of the sexy dreamboat rat colossus <laughs> was Dr. Victor Von Wolfhausen Smythe, also known as Dr. Von W.S. in some circles. Uh, indeed, in the best limerick tradition. Question. Why is Victor still just a doctor? Surely if he was a medical doctor, he'd be a consultant and got back to Mr. by now. Or as an academic doctor to be a professor. Or perhaps Doctor is his actual first name, like my mate Baron, who is disappointingly not a Baron. Sad times. Well, you know what? I'll just have to ask him next time I interview him. I think it's because he has so many doctorates. Oh, yes, yes. He, uh, I mean, he'd probably be something like... Hair Professor, Doctor, Doctor, Professor, Doctor, Mister. Yeah, he goes. With, he goes with Doctor just for simplicity, but he yeah. he does in fact have any academic qualification you could probably think of. Absolutely, uh, and probably has a Nobel Prize or two. To be honest, it depends on whether he stays still long enough. Yeah, our friend Mark uh, Rosenthal. Hey, hi, Mark. Thanks Russell for Peter. Uh, it was that gentleman of adventurers, Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe, who created the Rat Colossus that fell in love with Malak the Maleficent's Rat Colossus. Too bad, really. I heard the Doctor built his from a kit. Ah. Your Ooh. podcast is one of the highlights of my week. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Uh, we have, oh, I've got to pronounce this, Stefan Lurbeck. Yeah, look, look, looks legit to me. Uh, the Thanks answer listening. would be Dr. Victor on Wolfhausen Smythe, which is an amazing name. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure? sure the good doctor would agree. Paul Bendel. Hi, Peter and Morris. Greetings from Troll Hatton. Thanks first, for listening. Peter. Uh, so, Paul says, uh, firstly, Peter. Yes. I must most humbly apologise oh. for forgetting to mention you in last week's mail. That's okay. Especially as I'm sure I recognise your name and voice. Possibly from the fortress and or conception slash contingency. Oh, that does sound like me, to be fair. <laughs> probably, probably from conception or contingency. Anyway, the yeah. answer to this week's question. Malat Maleficent's giant rot colossus was thwarted by another giant rot colossus created by Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. We have Andrew Winterburn. Oh, thanks for listening, Andrew. 
Hi, Russ and Peter. Unable to resist temptation, I will have to have another crack at winning a copy of Just Red and the Wars of 2000 AD. I understand that. Answer to the question, what is the name of the person who created the giant rat colossus that thwarted Malak the Maleficent is Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe. Oh, bingo. He's hoping things go my way this week when you have basically a one in ten chance. Mike Olsen. One, one, one in eleven. But... One in eleven. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Mike Olsen. Thanks for listening, Mike. The nemesis of Manax who built the rabbit colossus thing. Okay. Okay. Is none other than Professor Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe. As chance would have it, I recently wrote a limerick about Wolfhausen Smythe and it goes like this. I think we read this out in a previous podcast, but let's read it out again, why not? Because I do like a lyric. Uh, Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe was a man so incredibly lithe that when death first came for him and showed Vic his claim for him, the good doctor ducked under his scythe. That's, that's a definitely It is limerick. quite an awesome limerick. Uh, oh, we have Greg Ziegler. Hey, hey, Greg. Thanks for listening. Squeaking in just under the wire here, the name of the person who created the giant rat colossus that thwarted Manak's GRC is Dr. Victor Von Wolfhausen-Smythe. The mm. man does get around. He does. My concern now is an island in the Pacific totally infested with GRCs, giant rat colossi, <laughs> as the two immense lovebirds will have nothing better to do there than procreate. A giant rat colossus predator may need to be created. Uh, it's almost like a worthy song. Why do giant rat colossi... Rick Ashley, that's there? just cruel. Yes. I really appreciated the detailed drill down of the new Just Dread RPG, a great episode. Your gaming histories are also fun to listen to this week, as most of us ageing gamers love to tell stories of what we did back in the day. I'm quite guilty of that myself. I, I actually like what Daryl put in the deleted, the sort of bonus content on the Patreon. Oh, yeah. There's an awful lot. Because that, that conversation went on quite a long time last week. It did. And there's an awful lot of our sort of personal gaming histories that ended up yes. in the Patreon. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you want to hear more about... If you, if you want to get us a little... Get to know us a little better, that's a, that's a good way to do it. I can't say I can recommend this. No. I wouldn't. No, no. actually. <laughs> terrible idea, terrible idea. It's an awful but, idea. But yours for only one dollar a month. Hmm. Good times. And finally, we've got one from Tyler McConnell, but he's oh, entry, McConnell. He's unfortunately late. I'll read it out anyway. Was it, was it late? Mm. Oh, Tyler. I think we can forgive him, though, because he has a good reason. Oh, yes. Sorry. Pardon me. Well. Uh, sorry my entry is late. Mm-hmm. I was on my honeymoon last week. Oh, congratulations. I think I think as a, a wedding present, we can forgive him his late entry and allow him still to enter the draw. This once. Uh, but Dr. Victor von Wolfhausen-Smythe is the only man who can stop a giant rat monster using love and another giant rat monster. <laughs> you are correct. You are correct. It's fair. So, shall we do the drawing? Eleven. Eleven. Can't wait. Can't wait. You are this week's winner. Hey, um, good Please work. email me your address and I will get that book out to you. I'll just say the uh, Just Red books, um, the one from this week and the one from last week, mm-hmm. um, the uh, final files went off to the printer this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Just Red books, you'll be getting them before... Probably before the Kickstarter or right near the beginning of the Kickstarter. Oh, okay. Good times. Okay, so that is this week's competition. Uh, so this week's competition. Yes. In keeping with the theme of the episode, mm-hmm. um, we're going to send out a copy of uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist to the lucky winner. What? Amazing. I know. That's a good good prize. That, that, that's a solid prize. Uh, so the question this week, would you like to ask the question? Oh, yes. 
Where do Malik the Maleficent's press junkets take place? Yeah, what's the name of the of the uh, building? The establishment. The establishment in, yes. which, in which these uh, interviews take place. Yeah. Please send your entry to morrispodcast at gmail.com by midnight GMT on Sunday. Uh, oh. And also remember, if you're waiting for a prize, haven't gotten it yet, I did have that email disaster, please just email me again and I'll get you sorted straight away. Fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, it's goodbye from me, Russ. It's goodbye from me, Peter. Goodbye. Well, what a disappointment that was. I have some thumbscrews around here somewhere. Maybe, after a bit more torture, their podcasting might be a little less excruciating. (laughs) Do you see what I did there?